believe it was. And probably like a lot of you maybe growing up, you know, I did a bit of this, did a bit of that, you know, a bit of boxing, a bit of judo, you know, all, all sorts of different stuff, but never really stuck at one thing. But I, um, I experienced grappling, you know, back in 2004. And it was like a light bulb moment. It was, as you've all experienced, which is why you sat here, it was like I'd, I'd just been shown a magic trick. Do you know what I mean? I think it's because of the practical application. Do you know what I mean? Um, how you get, you do a technique, but then they counter that. That doesn't work. So you then go to this. And then that doesn't work. So you go to this and you like chains, you know. And then as you learn more and you get more experienced and you try on someone who doesn't know anything, and they're like, whoa, what is this? You know? And then that goes back to the, byproduct of it, the, the reason that we do it in the first place, which is self-defense mechanism, a martial art, you know, so a smaller, weaker person can defeat a bigger, stronger person, but through superior technique, superior knowledge. But because you're having fun when you're doing it and you're just enjoying it, you don't really think about that bit, do you? Do you know what I mean? You just come, you go through techniques, you enjoy it, have a great time, but then actually the reality of it is that you've learned a life-saving skill that could save your own life, save your friends, your families. And that's the rep. And that's the crossover to Royal Marine training. So like us in our role, uh, what we do. So, you know, worst case scenario, we end up in a situation where we actually have to use our body and our knowledge to get ourselves out of the situation or to detain uh, somebody, an aggressor. You know, we need that as a skill, you know, just like, you know, uh, marksmanship, just like navigation. So once I got into a position in the Royal Marines where I was able to cause some effect, that's what I did. And I, I pushed it and I made sure the right people in the right places who could make decisions knew how effective this was. And if I couldn't verbalize, I'd bring them down and show, you know, show them what it was all about. So this is the, the first sort of heading really for you guys is there's no such thing as white belt. In jiu-jitsu, there's no such thing as a white belt. A lot of other martial arts, you know, you say white belt at beginner, but not jiu-jitsu, right? So when I started Royal Marine Jiu-Jitsu, I was a white belt, yeah? So I was senior in kind of Royal Marine years, I was a sergeant, but in jiu-jitsu years, I was junior, you know? But I already, at that stage, I knew the effectiveness of what I was doing, what I was learning. And back then, like, to, um, to, have the instruction of a black belt. It was just like, it was crazy. Do you know what I mean? You, you travel like a long way to get the instruction of a black belt. Uh, or even a, a purple belt or a brown belt, you know? So for me in the military, it was quite difficult, you know, because I go away on leave um, and I might sort of you know, get somewhere and train. It's got regular training, it's really difficult. So my main aim was to get uh, jujitsu in all the commando rooms, everyone training jujitsu. Because what I was having to do was like, just get like UFC DVDs, you know, like stuff like that. There was Rampage Jackson and Forrest Griffin, Ultimate Fight Series. We were out away on operations and we, had, we were like doing things, coming back on a bit of downtime and we'd be in our tent and I'd have the laptop up. We'd have like, you know, Ultimate Fighter Series on, and like picking bits out and I'm like, right, let's get on the mats, let's go drill this stuff. And this is me as white belt, do you know what I mean? So this is my first thing, no such thing as a white belt. Right? If, you're, if you've got something you want to do, something you want to achieve, something that inspires you, that you're passionate about, run with it. Yeah? Don't let anyone tell you no. So that's what I had. I had officers sat in front of me saying, yeah, but we need to move some kind of training program to fit that in. You know? Come on, Sergeant Sherry, tell me, when was the last time that you used hand-to-hand -hand combat in a real operational situation? And the answer is actually quite a lot. Because people think of unarmed combat as throwing people and, you know, doing all Bruce Lee stuff. But actually, just putting your hands on somebody can turn into an unarmed combat situation, yeah? Because you need to know how to hold and, and control someone in such a manner. If you get put on your floor, you need to get them out to get up back to your feet. You, all you guys, you all know this, but someone sat behind your desk that doesn't have any of this knowledge, they don't know. So we were able to beat the naysayers, yeah? And eventually we got Royal Marine Jiu-Jitsu in as a Royal Marine sport. That meant that every single Royal Marine could learn Jiu-Jitsu 
in a commando unit. They could go and travel, represent the Royal Marines um, all around the world in international competitions, get on-duty status, a real big deal. It, it meant that it would get the same recognition as football, boxing, rugby. And it ended up that actually jiu-jitsu was the biggest sport in the Royal Marines because we had the most people training it, every single commando. So for me, that was box ticked. I could, that was, that was going. If anything happened to me, Royal Marines Jiu-Jitsu would carry it, right? I was able then to switch fire to another passion of mine, which is helping people, but through the art of Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, so as, as a PTI, we were able to do uh, exercise rehab. So if someone gets injured, we go from diagnosis to getting back to full operational effectiveness. Yeah, through a, a program and all the rest of it. So liked helping people, loved Jiu-Jitsu. Let's put the two together. So I knew how good I felt when I was doing Jiu-Jitsu. Does everyone here feel good when you train Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah. But then also afterwards, feel great afterwards, don't we? Yeah. And generally, it's quite social, isn't it? You'll finish Jiu-Jitsu, you might go and have coffee together, have some tea together. Awesome. Thank you. And, um, and it's a social activity. Yeah. So there's a lot of... Um, a lot of people in the military that I was seeing and struggling a little bit with certain things, sort of bringing them in, but then especially the veterans who were leaving the military. So they've gone from a situation where they were surrounded by like-minded people, yeah, people who they, uh, they lived together, slept together, ate together, fought together, trained together. All of a sudden, they're now out, yeah? They might be living in a flat or a house on the road. Might even, might have a family, a loving family, but they've not got that that unity and that connection that they once had. Um, and it's like, how can we bring them out of isolation? And jujitsu is that, yeah. So if you think about it, think of the parallels. Military, you've got a routine. You're doing a, a form of training which is robust. It's it's keeping you active psychologically, physically. But there's progression. There's purpose. You come in, you put a white belt on, but what's the next thing? It's that stripe on your belt, two stripes. Next belt, blue belt. You've got an instructor, you've got coaches. Very similar to the military. See what I mean? We crossovers there. Um, and at that time, I'd, I'd become good friends with a guy over in America, um, Alan Shibaro, who'd started We Defy Foundation. We hooked up, and he very kindly offered for me to run We Defy UK which is a huge job, so it was his baby. But I said, it's very important that we have our own identity here. And we, you know, we are allies, America and UK, but, you know, we're not the same, we're different. And, and that, that's where I saw that well, we need something different here. And so one bit of advice, get the name right, get the logo right. So initially I was thinking like switch or reversal, you know, for bad to good. Which you all get that, don't you? You get what switch is, you get what reversal is, but you do jiu-jitsu, and I'm trying to appeal to people who don't do jiu-jitsu. So it has to be like a military kind of terminology. So then I was thinking different sort of things, and I came up with real. And for those that don't know what a real is, um, so in the military, when we sort of fight uh, through a position and we clear an objective, uh, we shout the word real, and then everyone within that team, that section, we come together and we go into all around the fence uh, and check each other off, make sure everyone's okay. And no matter what's just happened, bad or good, we move forward with a positive mindset. And that's what we all is, yeah? No matter what's happened in the past, bad or good, we come together on the mats through jujitsu. And we move together as a team, no matter what, with a good, positive mindset. So this just, oh, just rocketed and, and the support, like jiu-jitsu community, Hodger Gracie, Brownie Steam, all the big UK guys. Uh, then that pushed out globally. Uh, we got good support from other people that I trained with around the world. Um, and this was going like really fast, like, like an out of control trip, you know. Um, and then we have like Tatami Fightwear on board and they were doing the kit for us and then we had other things on board. And uh, we're just starting to help a lot of people, you know, through this. Um, and to the point where we're like, you know, this is, 
you can't just keep this to like the military. You know, the emergency services need this too. So, um, so we opened it up for the police, the fire, the paramedics, yeah, and then all our allied forces, America, Canada, they, they were sort of getting behind it as well. Uh, just start growing, and uh, the intention was always to kind of just operate under the Royal Marine Charity umbrella as a little group, but we outgrew that, and then we uh, we became our own charity, uh, registered charity last year. Um, got a website and and, and just. Every, all that like adult stuff, do you know what I mean? So when someone's real and proper, um, and and yeah, it's just sort of grown from there. Really, um, I'm not in the military anymore, so I retired after 22 years, um, and I run Rio full time now. Uh, it's quite challenging through the pandemic, but what we learned through the pandemic was that even when you can't get the mass together, you can still get on the phone, you can message each other, you can phone each other, you can check that everyone's good, and you still live that jiu-jitsu lifestyle. So we eat well, we make sure we live well, we keep up with our fits, we run, we do circuits, we swim. And even if you just get together, you go out paddleboarding, walking the dogs, all that kind of stuff. You're doing something together, which makes you feel good. And as a result, you feel good, yeah. So that's essentially the story and the, the reality so let's go back one. So that's the story. And a lot of people support through the kit, the kit that we wear. Um, and that gives them sort of like a new uniform. So for those who are not in the military anymore, not in the emergency service anymore, it's something that they can wear together. They re represent something. They can support something. If their loved one, you know, was in the military or emergency services, they can chuck on a hoodie or a cap, that kind of stuff. And that directly supports the mission of what we're doing, helping um, helping our community, yeah? But the reality, the, the, the harsh reality, is that we are changing and saving lives. So we are getting messages from people or from loved ones of people who found Jiu-Jitsu through Rio and their life is different. I've had messages from people saying, I now enjoy living again. And that is just so powerful. You know, to think that someone was in that place and they're now in a completely new, exciting place with purpose and drive. And that's all through this, all through what you guys do. Yeah, jujitsu. All right. So that's sort of us up to date, up to where we are. Um, How long did that process take then, mate? From, from it being a, an idea then, like a kind of, you know, a little kind of seed in your brain. This could be something good yeah. for people. How long has that taken you? Um, I'd probably say from start to where we are now, probably about four years. Right. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I was still serving back then. And uh, it was just something that I was doing whilst I was still serving in the military, um, which was quite challenging, you know, because you'll know how busy it is in the military. So to... To do that as well, so we had the Royal Marine, so we had the Royal Marine Jiu Jitsu bubbling away, we had my career bubbling away, we had Rio bubbling away. Do you know what I mean? And um, I'm a dad, my husband, um, so it's like spinning lots of plates. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and sometimes that's difficult, you know. But we did it, you know, got across the line, and um, and yeah, and and things are just constantly like evolving and progressing, and um, and and. and and I think it's just because everyone sees the good in it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so one of the things that we're kind of pushing a little bit more um, is the lifestyle, you know? So, you know, it's not just about being on the mat. It's what happens off the mat as well, you know? Yeah, we're, we're quite big on that in terms of culture, yeah. community, yeah. and making sure that we've got that kind of thing after training as well. Mm. So you guys know I've spoke before about perhaps worth touching on our relationship in terms of obviously both Royal Marines, but Reorg as a charity are supporting the Atlantic Grappler charity campaign for my ocean row next year. So massively grateful to Sam for that. Bye, Leila. Um, and in turn, you know, we're doing things like this to support Reorg. So I've got full glass jar, thank you for your donations. Everyone's wearing mash guards. Um, Gracie Baja don't allow you to wear anything other than the uniform. Yeah, I just fucking tore that rule right up. They said we can wear Rio Rash Garden No Gee Kit in the Academy. 
So we're building a gym in the back room. You'll see the building where that's going. Go in. Things like the rig's going to be made by Beaverfit. I've just signed off on design. The kickback to Rio is 20%. So that rig's going to cost probably somewhere around about the 10 grand mark. And that's going to kick back two grand out into Reorg. And then anyone who pays for that increased membership cost to be able to use the gym and the sauna, a percentage of that membership will go back to the advantage. So we've got this kind of secular support thing. And that's the power of it, I think, that everyone comes around. And it might be that, as Sam's done, he's kind of touched the lives of people in jiu-jitsu. It might be that you guys meet someone who's struggling. And you might bring them down to the academy. Yeah. And introduce them to jiu-jitsu and a community of 270 odd members who are all positive and they're all like-minded mm. yeah and then you've got our family but then you've got a bigger family you know and that's what this is all about tonight yeah. it's about bringing for me anyway the two together and just sharing kind of some stories and some stuff and you guys got any questions for sam i mean it's a pretty impressive story right i mean to just to start a charity of that size to have a military career of that um length is amazing start a charity as well how many lives do you think? How many lives do you think Rio has touched? I, I the honest answer is I don't know. I really don't know. Um, and it, it's funny you say that because uh, within our organisation we've got statisticians. Do you know what I mean? They want the data, they want the stats, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I've said to them, I'd love to be able to present that to you, but um, I just don't. I just, I really don't know because obviously for all those that get in touch and let us know. How many don't? Do you know what I mean? So we've got a fairly he healthy presence like on social media, sort of within kind of the real group, but then our support network as well is pretty strong. So when they post something out, how many people is that touching? Do you know what I mean? And um, it's got to be thousands, if I'm honest, um, which is kind of bittersweet because it's good that it's happening, but it's, but it's sad that we need to help. Do you know what I mean? But I think it's not just about um, military and emergency services. It's not just about um, going through tough things. It's just life is tough. Do you know what I mean? Life is hard. If you just look at your, like, your daily routine and sort of, it doesn't matter where you are on that scale of having a tough time, whether it's just you feel rubbish all the way through to you don't enjoy living anymore. That's the worst. That's right at the other end of the scale. Doesn't matter where you are on that scale. It's about doing something about it. It's about recognizing that you're having a tough time and understanding why you're having a tough time, whether that's work, financial, relationship, um, your sort of home life, um, external stresses, whether it's uh, a traumatic experience you've sort of been involved in, maybe when you were younger or recently or whatever it is. It's, it's trying to pinpoint what that is and doing something about it. Understanding that the way you're feeling, you can do something about it. Do you know what I mean? Knowing that it's okay to not feel good because you've got a way to manage that. And whether that's smashing fears, whether it's getting together with your friends, whether it's jujitsu, whatever it is, it's knowing what that is. Does yeah. that make sense? But it was great what you touched on there. It shows how in sync we are. It was almost like I thought it and you said it. So what you were saying about um, your students speaking to people about Reorg, I was thinking that then, you know, because the, the funding is amazing because it means we can do what we can do. But probably more important than that is the education. So it's, you know, wearing a hoodie and a T-shirt and stuff like that. It's about sparking off that conversation. So maybe someone sees that and goes, ah, Rio, what's that? And you're like, well, actually, it's da, 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 da. <coughs> Have you thought of trying jiu-jitsu? Have you thought of this, this, this? So actually then you guys start to have an impact. You guys start to be able to do something that is going to actually change someone's life. See what I mean? So it's like, it, it's something which is spreading out, but for a good thing. And I think that's why everyone's supporting it because there's nothing really bad about this. It's, it's about people helping people. And Rio would not be where it is if it wasn't for you guys supporting it and getting behind it and driving it. I'm not sure you'll ever be able to quantify how many people it took you, but I mean, look, let's face it, only to, took one, <coughs> only to save one life, it's probably worth it, right? You know, your life's worth, your life's, life's work and the legacy 
yeah. Sam's creative, it saves your own life. What are some of the <clears throat> practical things that Rio does then to support mates? So, yeah, you know, what, what, where does yeah, we buy a, buy a rascal or a hoodie. It's yeah. great to share it. Yeah. That money goes somewhere. What's the yeah, absolutely. So we we physically um, support individuals. So, um, you know, it could be a combat veteran, it could be a police officer, fire, paramedic. Um, and we actually support their training. So, you know, they could walk in the door here. They have their trial session, see if they enjoy it, they enjoy it. And we can support that. We can fund their math fees. Um, and for, for a lot of them, they don't need that. They don't need the financial support. What they need, is they need taken from that place into this place, yeah? And we're the facilitators of that. So, because you guys might have forgotten what it's like to walk into a fight school. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of people think that's what it is, you know? Say to some people, oh yeah, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Well, cage fighting. It's like, no, it's not cage fighting. Grapples, jiu-jitsu, you know what I mean? But some people think it's fight school or fight club or something. So to some people, it's like intimidating. It's like, oh, yeah. I don't I know, know, about, about, yeah, don't know about going in there. But for a happy, smiley face, do you know what I mean? Welcoming them in, come on. So that's what we do. We break down the barriers, we break down the walls, let them know it's okay to come train. Do you know what I mean? It's probably the most welcoming environment you're ever going to go into. But they're also going to teach you a choke someone out and snap someone's arm and everything else like that. But that's 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 the other end, and it's it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's like that's that's that end of it. Because you don't really talk about that. You don't. You just like yeah, just tap. It. Oh yeah, okay, cool, yeah, yeah. But it's like, well, if you don't tap, you like, oh, we don't need to know about it. Just tap. So yeah, so Sam, um, when we spoke about. Our charity of choice, so Grace Baron is charity of choice being real. That's what Sam had said to me. Um, I wanted you to hear from him. So basically, if anyone comes through our doors mm. as someone who's been referred to by Rio, Sam just said to me, just let me know. Yeah. How much it costs for them to train, to the uniform, just whatever. And then Rio would fund that kind of person yeah. through. That's that's massive, isn't it? You know, someone who's come out of the military maybe got some PTSD issues or any blue light services, living in a flat in Mainwood on the road, what you say? living on a flat in Mainwood on the road, <laughs> to find this place and then be able to be funded to be able to do it, to get them on their feet, such a powerful thing. And such a practical, that's what I love about it. You know, it's, you, you could, it's so practical, the difference is gonna make straight away. It's so, huge. So I think as well, a lot, a lot of the time people put excuses in the way. You know, if they do, they're unsure about doing something, they put an excuse there. It's like, boy, jujitsu, I'm not too sure. I mean, I don't really know. I, I don't really know where to train it. Well, there you go, Grace Baja around the elites. Um, that's the address. Um, this is the professor. That's his phone number. Um, and if you give me yours, then he can message you. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I don't know what, when I'm going to be here. Well, that's fine. You know, just, just let us know your availability. We can work around you. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, financially things are a bit tighter than you know, I've got kids and you know this. Well, that's fine. You can just take that pressure with. <laughs> I better come and train then. Do you know what I mean? So it's like we're just taking away those kind of those those pressures. You know. Awesome. Um, Did you have a question on that? Yeah. How do um, you find people to help? For example, police officer. Yeah. Army veteran. Yeah. Um, if they're going through a tough time, would you like to send them to you or do you have a hotline that they call and uh, yeah. No, we, we don't really have a hotline as such. Uh, we've obviously got the got the website address where people can email directly and people can message us on social media. Um, but we work in partnership with other charities. Because we're not saying jiu-jitsu is the answer. We're not saying jiu-jitsu... It is. <laughs> but we all know it is. We were in partnership, do you see what I mean? So like, uh, for someone who was at this end of the skip that we're talking about, uh, as well as jiu-jitsu, we would get them to speak to a professional, you know? Because that is so important. It really, really is. And it almost to like destigmatize that process of speaking to someone, you know? So there's a uh, charity called Rock to Recovery. 
Okay, um, and, and they're fantastic and really, really fantastic work um, speaking to people who are having a really tough time. So the two together is a perfect combination. Sorry, mate, you have a question? I think it's no secret when uh, people who serve do have problems after, as you, as you mentioned. Yeah. And this is much for yourself, doesn't When you're in the when you're alongside your father and brothers, is there like, um, can you see people not making it afterwards? Is, is, is that a conversation that we have, like, he's going to struggle when, when he finishes? Or is it, you know, does that conversation go on? And In my experience, it didn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's a, a guy, question, by the way. Guy, yeah, guy I served with um, in Afghanistan, <laughs> went to Afghanistan again afterwards, you know, bish, we're on the bish, said, troop corporal, you know, lost both his legs. He put a post out the other day, um, Another guy that we served with in this company took his own life last week. I don't think we saw much of it. I think and the reason we didn't see much of it is because one, you're a bit gung-ho and you're with your mates, it's all right. Um, and no one wants to show weakness in front of their friends. You know, they say when you go to war, I mean, I don't know what you tell us, but I went to Afghanistan, went to Iraq, went to Ireland. And they say, and it's true, you know, you're not brave when you go to war. You go because you don't want to let your mate down. It's, that's the only reason you go. Because when they're chucking out the shinnok and it's the most mined country in the world, and it's six foot hard enough to floor, and you can see all the mines, and they're kicking you off, the load is kicking you off because you're taking it into the ground, which is what we experience. There's no bravery there. You're just getting off because the bloke behind you needs to get off. So I don't I didn't see any of that. I heard about it later on. There's another guy who was serving for Lev Burke, and Steve Chalmer as well, who's my cop in Afghanistan. He went to Iraq a year later. In, but he was down in Basra when we were out in the Western Desert. And he was in trenches with Iraqis, scrapping it out, and fundamentally changed him. Like, so we could see like significant mental health change. You could see that because these guys are now walking around our both naked, doing crazy stuff, like just out there, wild, breaking down, crying in the pub, you know that kind of stuff. So you could see it overtly, but a lot of it, I think, is under the surface. And it's just bubbling underneath. And certainly when I served in the early 2000s, folks didn't talk about that. It might be different now, but they didn't. I don't know if that's changed. No, I that. completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree. Because you're, you're in an environment where you don't want to, you know, you're in, a, you're in an environment which is completely different to any other environment. You know, it's, it's where you've got to run the fastest. You've got to do the most press-ups. You've got to do the most pull-ups. If you don't, you're a bit of a novel. Do you know what I mean? So you don't want to be last on the run and all this kind of... But I think, um, I think there's been a bit of a shift. Do you know what I mean? And I think now it's about helping people and it's about identifying problems, it's about understanding why you're not where you are on the run or not doing that many press-ups and then being like, right, well, actually, if you do this training, you'll get fitter, you'll get stronger. Do you see what I mean? So I think, I think we've just become a bit more educated um, over the last few years, thankfully, and I think that's that's a good thing. And I think, and I think generally, like letting people know that it's not a weakness because your mind is no different to your body, right? And you need to let your mind recover. You need to treat your mind the same way as your body. So, you know, you guys all train. You know, if you did a marathon like every day. And, and didn't stretch, didn't ice, didn't recover, didn't let your muscles recover, what's going to happen? You're going to get injured, aren't you? And I think it's the same thing. If you're doing something with your mind, which is constantly, constantly active, 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 and you're not giving it the opportunity to just recover. And that's why it's not just the military. You know, it's like, you know, fire, fire officers, police officers, paramedics, we could go on, we could go on to all other sectors, but anyone who's going through something traumatic, we need to deal with that. We need to find a way to help them. So that bring that back to Jiu-Jitsu, and I, I said this in the warm-up yesterday, you know, like you, when we're warming up, for me, you guys, I want you to come in here, and when you're in, starting that warm-up, you know you can't check your phone for an hour. And I said to you yesterday, I've got you for an hour. I've got you on these mats for an hour. Your family can't bother you, your boss can't bother you, your bills can't touch you. Your phone ain't gonna ring. You've got a chance for an hour just to be you with people who are supporting you and care for you. 
And I think that's where jiu-jitsu, for me, Hoyler Grace used to say, like it's like being plugged back into the wall. When you finish jiu-jitsu and you're walking out and then your phone goes beep and you go, oh shit, yeah, I've got to check my phone. You, for an hour, you've not had that. But that's what, remember that, you know, this is, this is part of the overall health that Sam, Sam talks about, put into a place like this. And also those martial arts characteristics that we're trying to develop in everyone. You heard me say before, I've said to Professor Victor on the podcast, you know, we're developing you as people, just using the tool of jiu-jitsu, that's it. So you become more confident, more resilient, more respectful, more disciplined, you know, healthy, body and mind. That, it's such a powerful thing. And, uh, and a lot of you guys, some of you guys do need help. And I've spoken to you about it, and you know that. And, and we keep it between us, that's fine. Some of you don't. Some of the people at Sam's Chariots helping, obviously, really, really do need it. So. So I've got, I've got one more story for you before we actually do some jujitsu, all right? And, uh, and that's about someone that I came across, probably similar to what you guys may do in the future. So I was out in my local town, Newton Abbott, with my boys, and uh, I saw a lad sat on a low wall, head in his hands, and he had like a vest top on, shorts, um, quite unkept, but I'd noticed the uh, Globe and Wallow, which is like the Royal Marine logo, tattooed on his arm. And I was like, I, I just sort of went over and said, you're a bootneck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I am. And he and he stood up. I was like, mate, I'm bootneck. I was like, what's your story? What are you doing here? And uh, he's like, ah, oh, yeah, um, yeah, I just moved down from up north. Yeah, I was in. And uh, yeah, I won't mind telling you. I, I ended up in Hazel and I had snacks and... And that, um, yeah, I'm a bit of a tough time, if I'm honest. And, and I was like, right. I said, well, you know, have you ever thought of doing martial arts? And his whole body language just like changed. And he was, he was like, ah. And he just kind of like stood up a bit, stuck his chest out a bit. And was like, yeah, I have. Yeah. And I said, um, I said, mate, I said, right, give me your details now. Give me your phone number, everything. I said, just leave it with me. I said, I don't know if you know about there's a charity called Real, I said, and that's what we do. We help people struggling by um, introducing them to martial arts. So in 20 minutes, I got him a scholarship at a local uh, jiu-jitsu academy in Newton Abbott and um, rung him up. I'm like, mate, got you sorted, trial session. He's like, oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, brilliant, thanks. Um, he was quite sort of anxious and uh, quite quiet. And, and uh, I said, right, it's this time. Da, da, da. He's like, right, okay, thanks, thanks. And um, the stu- Stuart, the, la- the lad who I organised it with, he's brown belt. And uh, I was like, mate, how, how did he get on? He said, ah, he, he didn't turn up. I'm like, right, okay. So I rung him up. I'm like, mate, how's it going? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I said, how did your trial session go? Yeah, it was long, you know, and, and, and this, that, and that. I said, all right. I said, what are you doing tomorrow? Well, I don't know yet. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll... I'll come with you. He's like, ah, yeah, all right, yeah. And he says, ah, I ain't got a car. I said, I'll pick you up, it's all right. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, pick him up, take him to this session. He had his first trial session and he just absolutely loved it, right? So let's fast forward now, six months. There's a picture of him with his hand getting raised on the mat. Um, and I spoke to him afterwards and he, and he said, um, the reason that he felt so elated <laughs> was not because his hand was in the air because it would. It was because he knew he was going to be okay. And this is a guy who had actually attempted to take his own life. So prior to me meeting him, he'd actually attempted to take his own life. And thankfully, he did do a very good job. And um, they sort of got him, got him back. And he's, he's still sort of had problems, you know, damage that he caused himself. But he, he's... He's a completely different guy. He's motivated, he's keen, he's constantly cracking fizz. He's well on his way to his blue belt. He's knocking on the door to a blue belt, you know, and he's just so fired up, you know what I mean? And loving life and wanting to help other people as well, you know? So, um, so yeah, so that's essentially where you guys come in and, you know, just keep an eye out for people, you know? And by just wearing the tee, wearing the hoodie, wearing the cap, um, it can spark a conversation. Yeah. So, should we warm up? Let's do it, man. Any further questions? Any last questions for Sam? 
You won't get to probably speak to him again for a long time. Yeah. Okay. It's a really good question. Um, there's a lot, which is why I'm thinking. Um, I think one of the big, big things is humility um, and learning that to progress you need to let go of ego yeah so what aided me in my military career that kind of arrogance that elitism that kind of always striving to be the fittest and the strongest and this and that and you know legacy of royal marine commander and all that don't do you any good on here because on here, it's about knowledge, experience, dedication. And you can't get that by trying harder. You only get that through time served, showing up. Yeah. So that sort of slowed my progression of jujitsu down because I was under the impression that if I was on top, if I was dominating, I was winning. Do you know what I mean? In my kind of young, immature mind, what I didn't realize was that I wasn't learning technique. I wasn't developing my technique. And it wasn't until years later, I had a bit of a light bulb moment. And actually in some sessions, just go and see how many times you can get tapped out. Just go on the mat, like, yeah. Well, yeah, oh, I'm back, yeah, yeah, oh, Right, start on back. Yeah. Dude, I'll just take my back. What? Just take my back. Get the hooks in. Yeah, go. Oh, yeah, chuck. Okay. Yeah. Right, starting. Yeah, down top. What? Yeah, down top. Yeah. We're starting from there. Starting escaping. Once, the sooner you can get that, I promise you, you will progress so much quicker. Yeah. Because you dominate someone in here. You know, you, you're the big fish in here. You're tapping people out. You're choking people out. Great. That's brilliant. Now go train at Atos in San Diego. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens then. When that little 40 kilo guy is just around your legs. Whoa, what's going on here? My, my top pressure side control Kimura isn't working anymore. Do you know what I mean? So it's like the sooner that you can kind of just let that go. And it's hard. I know it's hard. Because I've been there. I've been in that position, you know, where you're kind of constantly wanting to win and all the rest of it. And I remember, like, seeing guys and girls getting stripes and all the rest of it. And I'm like, what's going on here? Do you know what I mean? What's going I'm better than you. I'm better. You know what I mean? And, and then you realise, but it's not till later. And, and, and you've wasted all that time. Do you know what I mean? So, long way to answer a very short question. Oh, that helped. Won't be the first time you've heard that. Kind of follow on Coach T's question and kind of fire the phone for this. To say that everybody has doubts along the journey, and of you at any point have serious doubt where your journey was about jujitsu progression. Yes, absolutely. And it was probably around that sort of time that I was just talking about there. So, um, you know, kind of senior white belt into senior blue belt territory. Do you know what I mean? I've been traveling around, I've trained at lots of different academies, competing, gold medals. And I just was like, okay, like, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I have purple belt. You know what I mean? And it's, you do, you, you doubt yourself, you question yourself, like, kind of. I, I, I don't feel like I'm progressing or this, or maybe you have a tough day at an academy, you go and you just get run through, you know what I mean? And you're like, Ugh. or you go to a competition and you've been training for it and you, you get triangled, you get armbarred, whatever, and you're like, oh man, I just drove all the way to Birmingham on my own. First fight, armbarred, and now I'm limping back to Devon with one arm, you know? And, it, and it's stuff like that. And it's not till you learn that 
Right, dissect that. Why did you lose? Why did you get armbar? Why did you get triangle? Why didn't that work? That's where you grow. That's where you flourish. That's where you develop. When you, rather than blaming everyone else, look at yourself. Right, why did I lose? Why am I not getting promoted? It's no one else's fault. It's not, it's not your professor's fault because he doesn't like you. It's not that he doesn't like you. It's that you're not ready. Does that make sense? But why are you not ready? Let's find out. Let's look at myself. Let's look at myself and find out how can I change this? Not everyone else's fault. How can I change it? Same. Um, and you will all experience those doubts as well. Uh, but one thing I never doubted was that I'd be a black belt one day because I always knew I was never going to quit. Like, I just knew that. That's just what I'm like. You guys are all like that. You just need to allow yourself. You talk about giving yourself permission to perform. Yeah. You need to give you permission to believe in yourself a little bit more and say, I will be a black belt one day. I'm not putting a time frame on it. Don't need to be within eight years, like Professor Mike, or 10 years, or five years, or 20 years. One day you will be a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And, not, and that, what this does not signify is immense technique. It's time served. Because if I go wrong with Professor Victor, it makes me look like a day one white belt every single time. Every time. Well, it doesn't matter. He gave me this because he knew I'd put the time in. And he put the dedication in over eight years of constant training. Wherever I was in the world, I was taking my gear and training. So when, when we did the, the Q&As in lockdown, and a lot of, some of you guys in this room, but a lot of members, and I said, what's your goal in Jiu-Jitsu? And he was like, I want to be a blue belt. It's a shit goal. <laughs> it's the worst goal ever. Because what happens when you get your blue belt and you get tapped by a four-strike white belt tomorrow? You're not a blue belt anymore? People come, I want to give you this back, Professor. You don't deserve it. Fuck off. You're having it. The pressure's on. Accept it. Lose. Have some humility. Give yourself permission to have a longer-term goal, some delay gratification, 10 years, 20 years. By the time I'm 60, before I die, I'll have a black belt in jiu-jitsu. When you've got it, man, yeah. no one can take it away. It's like a green beret. Once you've got it, it's in the draw, no one can take it away, man. It's worth the wait. Yeah. Worth the wait. Because there's more people now got these. There's not many people still in the grand scheme of things that are prepared to wait that long, mm. to suffer for that long, yeah. to be rewarded. So, honestly, you all should be black belts under me. You all will be black belts under me. All you've got to do is keep coming. It's not difficult. Just keep coming. That's really great what you just said there. You just sort of touched on it, that kind of just finding jiu-jitsu. Wherever you go, find some extra jiu-jitsu. And that's kind of what we're doing with Rio, giving people the opportunity through our network, through our Rio network. You know, you might go Cyprus, ah, they're going to train. Get in touch with Rio. Yeah, go check these guys out. Go check these guys out. So you go in and train in. Um, I went to Poland, to uh, Warsaw. I've had training in Greece, oh, yeah. Warsaw. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I went there straight away. I'm Googling, where can I train? Where can I train? It wasn't a Greece bar place. It was a place called Copacabana, right? And I looked on, on Google Maps where it was. It, it looked like it was in like junkyard. I was like, what? And, um, and so I, I left my hotel and I got a running kit on and I, I just went running to try and find this place, right? And it was like real like Eastern Block high rise flats. And I'm thinking, I shouldn't be running around. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, the, the, the urge for jujitsu was too much. And I, I, I had to find this place, right? And um, I got to I got to this place and it was a junkyard, it was a scrapyard, right? And I'm like, this can't be right. This can't be right. And, uh, and inside I just saw this blue door, right? Same colour as this, uh, with these like two two guys, like the Manta sort of side, Copacabana across it in white. And I went and you know, like the old garage doors, you got two big doors and you got a little one sort of like cut out. And I like knocked on it, right? And I went inside and uh and it was just like, it was like going into like the TARDIS or like, you know, Charlie the Chocolate Factory or something. It's like, went in, it was all white, like white mats, white, like massive. All these people like training jujitsu, right? And there's these three big guys behind this desk and they're like sat back in, the, in these chairs and uh, got geese on, no belts, just like sat back, chilling out. 
And uh, I was like, hi guys. Um, yeah, I just wanted some information on jujitsu. Yes. Um, can I, uh, can I, can I train? Yes. Okay. Uh, I haven't got a gig. Um, I'm just sort of running. He's like, just chuck me a gig. All right. He went, belt. I was like, yes, please. Color, uh, blue. He chucked me a blue belt. And I'm like, ah, okay. Um, when he, you, you know, what times are your lessons when you, you know, when you train? No. I was like, ah, this is everything. So I uh, got, uh, got my gear on, got my belt on, and uh, got on the mat, and he's doing this warm up, right? And it's not inside of me. Is this because I'm new? Do you know what I mean? Or do they always do this? And it was like this horrendous, like, warm up. Yeah. Did like 200 burpees, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, and they're all doing it together, right? Like clapping. And, and then he was like, and then next one, 200. And I'm like, oh my God, what's this? And then, uh, and then we're like straight to drills and then um, like rolling with each other. And it was like competition class, do you know what I mean? And at the end of it. So the first thing was like, I did all right. Do you know what I mean? Like it's kind of, so you can go to another country, somewhere else in the world, like speak a different language and things like that. But your jiu-jitsu crosses over. You know, it's like you don't need, it's like you don't need to speak the same language almost. You have the language of jiu-jitsu, you know? And then at the end, you know, the, the black belt who was running the academy, it was like, good, you've come back. And it was, it was, it was like, I was like the pat on the back, do you know what I mean? It was like, well done. You know, you've come into my home and, uh, and you've done all right. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I, I do that everywhere I go and I try and find somewhere because you leave just like a little piece. It's like everyone you train with leaves an imprint of their jujitsu on you. When you take the good, you leave the bad, and then you advance that. You give that to other people. Even now, like, as a black belt, like, I'm teaching things you know, that I've learned from other countries, you know, from other instructors, and uh, I've used it in competition and stuff like that. It's, it's awesome, isn't it? And the, yeah, and the levels um, of the belts across the world, apart from, in my experience, like Marcelo Garcia's Academy in New York, stuff like Atos, those mm. very high-level competitive academies, that's a slightly different level because those guys are competing at world level all the time. But your normal academies like ours, you can go to anywhere in the world and you will hang with white belts or hang with a blue belt in Marseille where you went, Bondi, wherever. The belt, they're the same. You know what I mean? Never question whether or not you'll be able to hang with them. They're going to give you a good role because you've walked into their academy as I would expect you to give someone a good role if they walked into ours. Yeah, it's like, oh, welcome. Let's have some. And you're going to get that. The, you will, you'll be able to handle it. No worries. And there's so much power in the knowledge, just much like a seminar like tonight. I guarantee some stuff that Sam teaches you, you will remember forever. Some stuff that Professor Victor taught you, you'll remember forever. You won't remember the shit I teach everyone tonight, but you'll remember what these guys say. And when you go to a different academy or a competition, that jewel, that imprint's deeper, stays with you, and you take those little bits and it becomes your, your jiu-jitsu. And everyone's jiu-jitsu is unique. Sam's is, mine is, yours is, yours is, yours is, yours is, yours is. All your own, and that's magic too. Like no one's got the same journey. You know I me, mean? some people train five times a week, some people train twice a week, some people train with these healthy. You're all unique, it's pretty magic, man. But we're all put together. Awesome, ready to do some stuff? Yeah, any final questions before we move? Yeah, just, just one question. Um, can you say that that's Yeah. Have you now thought you're doing your own school and you thought it could potentially be an option in the future? Yeah, because obviously that's maybe like the same but three months to be in the southwest somewhere. Yeah. 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 So, so we've got uh, our Rio Southwest HQ, which is down in Um but I don't teach there full time just because because I'm so busy with Rio and I'm like all over the place. Can't commit to one academy because I think that That'd be unfair to do that because you all come here with Professor Mike, do you know what I mean? So then if he's not here, you're like, oh, what's going on? Do you know what I mean? I know you've got other wonderful coaches, but I just think for me personally, like I'm so busy with Rio to commit to one academy. Uh, I'm not able to do that, you know, but what is great is I'm able to do things like this. You know, I'm able to 
go to lots of different places. Well, now the restrictions are lifted. Uh, you're my first. You're my first sort of one after the uh, restrictions. So uh, it's great to be here. <laughs> you're very grateful, man. Very good. Um, recent event on the beach? Um, yeah, pretty much. So a good friend of mine who I was at 4-2 Commando with, uh, he went off SBS. Um, and then as he was starting to leave, he came up with that as a business idea. So for those that don't know, it's a, a big gym um, on the beach in Bournemouth, very much like a sort of thing you'd see in LA or like Bondi Beach or something like that. It's really cool. Um, so I just went down and spent some time with him and just said, look, how can I help? How can I help you kind of kind of continue doing what you're doing and maybe get a little bit of spotlight on and stuff like that? And I just suggested me taking a Royal Marine sort of PT session on the beach and he, he loved that idea and, and we, we sort of ran with that and six days later from sort of idea, six days later we had 51 people on the beach, it was at capacity, you know, we had one, one guy that just drove down from Plymouth, um, so I wanted to turn him away, so yeah, we had 51 people on the beach doing like a Royal Marine type session. So um, it was only ever going to be one, but it was so good and so many people enjoyed it. We said we'd do one more for this year, which is summer. Uh, sorry, one more for this summer, 2021. Uh, that's 19th of uh, September. So if any of you fancy drive to Bournemouth uh, to take part in that, that'll be the last one for this year. Um, and it's obviously all in support of Rio. Yeah. Awesome. It's not going to be a Royal Marines first session. No, it's not. Okay. See a few no. people looking like that. <laughs> You've got to go at seven. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's do some jiu-jitsu then, yeah? yeah? All right, guys. Thanks, Sam. Thank